Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. Influenza is a serious disease that can lead to hospitalization and sometimes even death. Now, you know, every flu season is different, but according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, this year's flu season is off to a fast start. It started early, and indications suggest that it may be more severe than previous seasons for a long time. My guest today is Dr. Richard Webby. He's a member of the Infectious Diseases Department at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and one of a select group of scientists responsible for determining which flu vaccines will be put into circulation this year. So, so interesting that we have this man on with us. Welcome to the show, Dr. Webby. I'd like you to explain first, before we talk about the vaccines and your role in this, a little bit about influenza and the devastating effect that it can have around the globe. Yes. Well, hello, and thanks for having, thanks for having me on. Um, so, flu, I, yeah, you know, as bad as this flu season is, I think it is a it is a good reminder of the impact that this disease can have. You know, I think we we tend to underestimate flu a little bit because we you know, perhaps incorrectly diagnose a sniffle or a runny nose as flu when, you know, in most cases, it's probably not flu. So, this is a disease that you know every year. You know, unfortunately, can kills people in the in the U.S. You know, anywhere typically from twelve thousand to fifty thousand people can die from flu or flu-related complications in the U.S. alone. So, yeah, this is a disease we we know it's going to predict predictably come back every winter, and it it really has a huge impact on global health. So then let's characterize this year's flu season. And as you say, it tends we tend to sort of shut out what's really going on in the world as far as flu and how many people it does affect and devastate. But this country and this flu season seems to be particularly nasty. What's going on and why are we seeing this? You're involved in the vaccines. Why sometimes do these vaccines not target exactly what we're looking at for this year? Yeah, so the the flu season, as you said, this year is a, is a, a nasty one, um, and it's off to that early start. You know, I think most of us thought that perhaps we would have seen a peak a few weeks ago and then it taper off, but that's not what's happened. The activities continue to climb, so very very severe season. Now, I think we can. There are a couple of factors influencing the severity. And, one is that it is a, a so-called H3 and 2 season, so that the flu shot that we get every year actually contains four, well, protects you, or hopefully protects you from four different types of flu virus. And that one component this year that we have circulating, this H3 and 2, that one always causes the most problems, you know, particularly in in the elderly population. That's what we're seeing this year. So one, it's a combination of the four major types of flu we can get, this is the worst. The vaccine this year also, unfortunately, is although the numbers are not in yet from the US, um, I think we can be pretty sure to, to say that it's not going to be um, as protective as we would like. And we can go into reasons for that. In this particular case, the reason is the way we make vaccines. Uh, and the problem with 
the current way to make vaccines is we have to grow them and essentially embryonic chicken eggs is how they grow up the vaccine. And this particular virus this year has changed a little bit when it's been grown in eggs. So we started off with what was a good match, but after it was manufactured and the vaccine it had changed. And again, that's going back to your point about the whole flu enterprise, flu vaccine enterprise. That's the problem we have. This virus continually changes. And unfortunately, what we target with our vaccine, if you like, the active ingredient of our flu vaccine targets the most variable part of this virus. So it's a it's a continual game of cat and cat and mouse. You know, some seasons the virus changes a little bit, sometimes the virus changes a lot, and that that's the problem. So we've got to select the components of that vaccine, you know, some six months before it's actually used. And unfortunately the virus doesn't sit still in those six months. It, it can sometimes change. And so therefore we get that situation you described where some seasons there's a good match between the vaccine and, and the viruses that are out there, sometimes not as good as we would like. So, Dr. Webby, as I understand it, you guys, as you say, it's a six-month turnaround kind of thing, and especially with this H3N2, and you look to other parts of the world because they see the flu sooner than we do, and you base it sort of on that, because you're explaining this to listeners beautifully, and I so appreciate it because... So people understand how this is even made. So you see it, and then you make it based on what you see around the globe and how that flew. But yet, by the time it gets here, it could have mutated, changed, switched around. And so as a result, but am I correct? Is that kind of how it works? Yep, you're spot on. So you know, I think what we've got to think of flu, although you know, from a northern hemisphere temperate climate perspective, it's a winter disease we see sort of November through March. But when we look at a global scale, there's flu outbreaks occurring almost continuously. And so, of course, when it's winter up here, it's southern down, that's summer down in the part of the world where I originally came from, and vice versa. So this virus essentially goes around the globe in a, in a sort of a continuous fashion. So it, it doesn't really have a, a down season. And so and putting that in the context of trying to select the vaccine, so actually it's um, in about two weeks there'll be a meeting in Geneva and Switzerland um, of the World Health Organization's network that is put in place to follow the strains. And that meeting in two weeks will be when at least the WHO recommends the strains for next year's vaccine. The, the US FDA has a committee that reviews that decision and makes the final decision for the US, but in most cases they follow um, that decision made in, in Geneva. And so what, if we think, put that again back into perspective, two weeks we're trying to predict what might happen next winter here in the US and Northern Hemisphere. But the viruses that we have to be characterized, you know, the flu season here has been going for a few weeks, but it takes time to actually look at those viruses that are circulating and see, you know, what do they look like. So most of the information that's going to inform the decision in two or three weeks comes from the southern here, southern hemisphere winter, which is, of course, their flu season is finished. And we haven't reached no, we our haven't peak reached yet, our peak. you don't think? From a personal perspective, I I would be very surprised if this peak doesn't, if it hasn't reached the peak, if it's not very, very close to it. 
Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the, we've had, had our early flu seasons in the past and they've tapered off two or three weeks earlier than where we are now. So I'm, I'm thinking we've got to be at the peak or maybe already on the way down. More with Melanie Cole coming up. But first, I want to tell you about Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. Yes, I'm not kidding. This is really cool. Health IQ can save you up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and a 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. And these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. Now you have to qualify by taking a Health IQ quiz or other lifestyle quizzes like the Cycling IQ or Running IQ quiz. And you can also get additional savings by submitting actual data such as race results from a 5K that you've run. And Health IQ doesn't just take this info and pass it on to an insurer. They are with you every step of the way from interest to application through underwriting to the final policy enforcement. It's pretty cool. Now, by being healthy, you not only live a better life, but now you can also pay less for your life insurance. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com com slash life's too short or mention the promo code life's too short when you talk to a health iq agent once again check this out it's really cool just go to healthiq.com slash life's too short now back to melanie cole So what do you want people to know, Dr. Webby, about still getting the vaccine since it takes maybe two weeks to kick in? And we know it's not quite as effective, but still it can certainly help prevent against those other strains that come, you know, every year besides just the H3N2. But, you know, the other ones that you see, H1N1 and the ones we've seen every year, what do you want them to know about still inquiring with their physicians or going to Walgreens or someplace and getting this vaccine and for their children? Right, it's it, it's not too late. I think that's the major message there. Because even if we are at the peak now, we even from a perspective of this H three and two, we still have a few weeks of its circulation. So there's still time to get vaccinated and build up immunity to that strain. The the other component, which I think you you inferred there, is sometimes what happens when we get some of these early H three type seasons will follow up with a second peak of what we call influenza B activity. So that's another one of these four dominant strains of flu that circulate. So it's possible, you know, we can't say for sure, but it's possible we may follow up with a, a second smaller peak but of influenza B activity. And that's that component isn't the vaccine. You take it now, you potentially could be protected from that. And what's the best way to protect children who are too young to receive the vaccine if they're younger than six months or if they're immunocompromised and couldn't get the vaccine? What do you want the other family members to know? Because people think, oh, there's a herd, you know, mentality with vaccines in general, Dr. Webby, and you're in infectious disease at St. Jude's. So you've heard about this and people's questions about vaccine. What do you want them to know about the importance of protecting those that can't protect themselves so that the rest of us have to really watch out? Yeah, I think that's I think the answer to that is that it's 
I think it's a part of vaccination. At least with flu, we don't tend to think about as much. And we, you know, we can think about the vaccine protecting ourselves, but you know, if you have a, a young child who can't get the vaccine or someone um, who has some risk factors, probably the best thing you can do to protect that individual is get vaccinated yourself and vaccinate all other family members in contact with that individual. Because the vaccination, yeah, will protect that person infected, but it also very likely will reduce the amount of virus if that person gets infected that they shared and they are there by consequence they're less likely to infect others in their family. So vaccination, even in that situation, is the, the, the way to go. Now, what about this year's flu season, actually? What do you want people to know as a doctor of infectious disease about this year's flu? I mean, what what's it like? What should we do? Does hand washing help? What should we do if we feel that we've got this flu? Is it emergent? I mean, are you seeing respiratory conditions? Does Tamiflu, is it working? Give us a little rundown on what you want people to know if they actually do get sick with this flu. Yeah, so this you know, flu season is severe, but... It- you know, it is a flu season, so in terms of treatment options for it, in terms of what to do, you know, it pretty much is the same message as in other seasons. So that the vast, vast majority of the circulating strains are still sensitive to Tamiflu. So Tamiflu, uh, which is the sort of the, the anti-influenza drug that we have, does work against the strain, but it's only effective when what's most effective when taken early after symptoms. You know, so if you feel uh, typical flu symptoms coming on, the muscle aches, the rapid onset, the fever chills, you know, if you can get to a, a medical provider and get some Tamiflu, that's a that's a great thing. Um, the other you know, more severe consequences, particularly for you know kids and some of the elderly as well. Quite often, what causes problems with the flu is it sets you up for following infections, particularly bacterial infections. So, you know, if people get sick and then start to get better and then they start to get sick again, you know, that's when you've really got to be on top of things and, and get to a doc um, really quick because that may suggest there's um, some secondary infections going on. But the message, you know, really the same. It's a bad flu season, but it is a flu season and unfortunately this is what flu does every year. It certainly is, and and it's such an honor to have you here as somebody who really is out there in the trenches doing this. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Webby, before we finish today, and about your work at St. Jude's Research Hospital. What a wonderful organization. Oh, thank you. Yes, it is. I I actually came to St. Jude some 19 years ago from New Zealand, and my plan was to train for a few years and move on, but it's 19 years later and I'm still here and um, you know, that's because of the organisation it is but also you know the work we do is um, I, I think it's exciting and, and what we do at, at the laboratories at St. Jude we're really trying to trace these viruses so as, as well as predicting or helping in that process of selecting vaccine strains we're also trying to understand a little more about this virus. You know, so I think we all agree we have a vaccine but it's not the best vaccine. We can do better. Yeah, you know, we have some medications against the virus, but there's better ones we can make. And so we're putting a lot of effort into really understanding these viruses, both those that circulate in humans and, and also those that circulate in some of the animal populations that you know, sporadically come over and infect humans. And the more we can understand about these viruses, it, of course, that opens up 
different avenues for better ways to treat it. And as I said, I think we can all agree we're you know, we have some tools, but I think we I think we can do much better. Wow, thank you so much, Dr. Webby, for being with us today and for all the great work that you're doing on behalf of vaccinations and research and at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. For more information, people can go to stjude.org. It's a great organization, one that I support, and it's just absolutely, they're doing wonderful work for children. That's stjudes.org. I'm Melanie Cole, and if you want to hear more shows like this, you can go to radiomd.com. Of course, we're streaming on iHeart and iTunes. You can rate and review there. We're on TuneIn and Stitcher. We're all over the place. But we want you to listen to us at RadioMD.com. Thanks so much for listening, and stay well.